Hi, I'm Jill Sylvester, licensed mental health counselor and author of the self-help book, Trust Your Intuition, 100 Ways to Transform Anxiety and Depression for Stronger Mental Health, and the young adult fiction novels, The Land of Blue and the Devon Dream Agent series. Each of my books deals with the themes of mental health and intuition, because for me, it all comes down to listening to and trusting your own inner voice in order to live your very best life. Hi, and welcome to this week's podcast. In honor of Mental Health Awareness Month during the month of May, I'm going to read a column from Erica Commissar that I read a few months back titled, For Mental Illness, Make Pills a Last Resort. And then I will give my commentary on the article and my own thoughts on the whole situation about pills, particularly with a bent towards over-medicating when I am done reading her words. Ms. Commissar is a New York psychoanalyst and author of Chicken Little, The Sky Isn't Falling, Raising Resilient Adolescents in the New Age of Anxiety. If you are a parent, I would encourage you to get the book, which has been on my reading list for a while. I have not read it yet, um, but I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, I would encourage you to get it, if nothing, but for the title alone. So, Erica Commissar. You've probably heard that anxiety and depression are brain disorders that must be treated with psychotropic medication. That's closer to a pharmacological marketing slogan than settled science. These conditions, along with ADHD and addiction, result from trauma, loss, psychosocial stressors, and failed relationships. Even when there is a genetic proclivity to severe mental illness, such as bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, the environment plays a central part in triggering the disease. Roland Kuhn, the Swiss psychiatrist who discovered one of the first antidepressants, imipramine, in 1956, later warned that many doctors would be incapable of using antidepressants properly because they largely or entirely neglect the patient's own experiences. He was right. As a psychoanalyst, I often see patients who come to me after medication prescribed by psychiatrists and even internists who have no specialization in psychotropic drugs has failed. Doctors prescribe these medications as a quick fix, but the pills merely mask the patient's emotional pain. Some medications come with serious side effects and are extremely difficult to quit. In 2020, the Food and Drug Administration issued a warning about a class of drug frequently prescribed for anxiety. The current prescribing information for benzodiazepines does not provide adequate warnings about the serious risks and harms. Physical dependence can occur when benzodiazepines are taken steadily for several days to weeks, even as prescribed. Medication can be a godsend in the right context, but it is risky and should be offered only after non-medical options such as psychoanalysis have been exhausted. Why is therapy instead often a last resort for patients? In part because it is uncomfortable. Some patients temporarily become more symptomatic when they expose themselves to the origins of their pain. This temporary pain is necessary for long-term relief, but it's easier to numb with pills. Therapy is also expensive. Even if a patient does get a referral to a therapist, it will likely be a cognitive behavioral therapist who focuses on symptom relief rather than the underlying causes. The rise in CBT therapy came out of insurance companies' demand for a short-term solution to the expensive problem of treating mental health. CBT has an important role to play in treating some obsessive disorders and post-traumatic stress disorder and with patients who are extremely nonverbal and lack the capacity for deep introspection but it's being used as a go-to therapy for anxiety and depression, moving patients further from the root causes of the illness. I was required to undergo therapeutic treatment as part of my training as a psychoanalyst. This is a critical part of training so that practitioners don't risk exposing patients to their own psychological conflicts. 
But medical schools don't require it of psychiatrists, and many short-term therapy clinicians have never been in any kind of substantial mental health treatment. There are no shortcuts to treating mental illness. Insurance companies should be pressured into covering treatments that work. Patients have to be consumers and say no to medication as a first course of treatment unless their symptoms are severe. Doctors must acknowledge that medication can be risky and have severe iatrogenic effects. Medication should only be used for serious clinical conditions or only after everything else has been tried and failed. Again, those are the words of Erica Commissar. So, okay, I kind of want to just say ditto be done with it because I agree with so much of what she said but for the purposes of this podcast obviously we'll go a bit more in depth because this is a huge issue it's an issue that I see all the time my colleagues see all the time you see it all the time we all have people we know who are quick to run to get something for their angst and their situations and again I mentioned in the beginning that I want to lean toward the bent of over-medicating for this podcast because it's a hot topic these days for myself, um, just in watching family members and uh, people I know, people I care about, and people I love, um, and, you know, clients and kids' friends, and on and on it goes, and you know it too because everybody we know is touched by this in some way, shape, or form. It is a huge challenge. I say that word specifically. It is a challenge. I do believe that we can look at it as an opportunity. I kind of think that's what Erica is saying in this article, that we can look at it from a different perspective or that we ought to. I mentioned that, you know, it's a hot topic right now. I think that, you know, I'll start with because I've seen it in my own uh, life at the moment. It's one of the most difficult and painful experiences I've ever had to watch people that I love over-medicating. And, you know, when you watch someone you love go from pretty much baseline, when I say baseline, doesn't mean things are perfect. It means that, you know, the mind is clearer, things come up. Um, and you watch someone go from that with their struggles to being a person who's, how I describe it as being in the clutch of an entity, or like this dark energy that take someone over where they become like a shell of themselves and they're not even there, um, it's really difficult. And that's what medication over medication can do. Now, please note, I am not, I want to be very clear on this, saying that there is not a place for medication. I know plenty of people who feel they do better on antidepressants or mood stabilizers and need something when they are you know, stressed out when they fly, let's say, or just in general to live a good life because they've come off medication and they go for a while and they just don't feel like they can do it and they feel better on it. Like all the power to you when you are struggling. I, I recognize that you need to take something. And when you try it and you and you work through it and you use your tools and you need to go back to something, then there is no judgment here. This is not what this podcast is all about. It's about shining a light on an issue currently of people who run to get their quick fixes when there's really no quick fix, and that's the issue. It's an illusion to think that you're going to take something, including a supplement, by the way. If you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you listen to me talk about supplements. I'm all for supplements and medication when needed, Um, but there's no quick fix. You know, you're not going to just take a GABA or a 5-HTP and everything's magically perfect in your life. 
GABA, HTP, supplements, medication, they are a tool. But they ought to be used in an arsenal of tools so that you are looking at things as a lifestyle if you are struggling. You are looking at your diet. You are looking at your sleep habits. You are looking at your relationships. You are looking at your tendencies. You need to know yourself so that you can use the tools that work for you. But again, tools, multiple. It's not one thing. There's no magic thing that's just going to do it. That is an illusion. And it is painful to watch people thinking that that's what's going to happen, that they take something and then, you know, it plateaus because this is what often happens. And then they go on to be prescribed the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And I see it a lot. And again, my colleagues see it a lot. And you may see it a lot if this is what you deal with in your homes because there are so many people dealing with this right now. I find it irresponsible on the part of prescribers, um, non-psychiatrists, and psychiatrists who, you know, give and give out and give out and give out. And, and I believe, I truly believe, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, that I don't think people mean to overprescribe or harm people intentionally. But I do sometimes feel that there is this place of lack of discernment, a place of fear where we just want to help somebody. And so we just give the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But if you don't practice discernment and trust your own intuition when you watch someone who repeatedly has a difficult time dealing with their emotions and you think giving them another thing is going to help them until that thing doesn't work out and then maybe even they're self-medicating with whatever they're taking these days. There's so many, there's a plethora of things everybody can be taking. It skews the whole picture and it can become a complete shit show. And it's really really hard and again it becomes irresponsible intuition needs to be practiced in my opinion discernment needs to be practiced and knowing the person in front of you who might have a really hard time hanging through those challenging times to get to the root of what is really going on and causing the pain and the suffering as erica commissar is alluding to in her in her column now, is it fun to hang out in a good place when we're challenged, when we're super scared, when we're walking through a dark night of the soul? No, it stinks. It's terrible. But there's an opportunity when you walk through that place. That is the hero's journey. When you go deep down into the recesses of your pain in order to find the jewel in the wreckage and you set that intention that that's what you're going to do, and you put your Navy SEAL armor on, and you put your spacesuit on, you put your scuba diving gear on, metaphorically in your mind, and you know that's what you're going for, then the lesson and the meaning, the way to make lemonades out of lemons, will be revealed. How many former drug addicts have we heard about, these success stories, who go on to teach kids in schools to stay away from all this stuff? How many former alcoholics have you heard about who go on to make really great sponsors in AA? How many formerly depressed people go on to teach the rest of us how to get through it? Think Eckhart Tolle. There is meaning in pain. There is meaning in suffering. Read Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, which is a book I like to give to graduates, both in high school and in college, because it's a book I wish more kids read in school, had to read in school and part of, as part of curriculum, uh, and in college as a course of study. I didn't discover Frankl's book until graduate school. I was in my 30s. And that's, it profoundly affected my path, and I wish I had come to it sooner, which is why I share it with young people. Even just to have it, you know, to, to read it when you're ready, 
There's an energy and power to looking at a book in your shelf, even if you haven't opened it yet, and know that there's something there that holds hope and promise and meaning and that when you're ready for it, it will rock your world in the best way possible and cause you to have those light bulb moments that often happen when we go, yes, there is a better way. Books, podcasts, good TV shows, inspiring people in your life, these are all anchors to hold on to when you are going through something difficult. Because medication can oftentimes make things worse, especially if it's layered, when there's just too much going on and you, a person can eventually just lose themselves to the whole process, to the system. And it is, again, I'll call it, I'll call it an opportunity because I, I do believe there is one there. I, I do. What happens usually is there is a plateau, as I mentioned a few minutes back, you know, and then people want more of it. And that makes sense. It doesn't make you a bad person if you want more of something to help you with your pain. If you're listening to this and this describes you, please understand that you're doing yourself a disservice, though, by not asking the kind of questions of what you're suffering is trying to get you to see. It's not that you're bad for wanting another thing and another thing and another thing to help you because you're freaking out. Like Life is really, really hard. And there's a lot of situations in our life that can really just do us in. But from experience in working with as many people over the years as a therapist tends to do, you see that there is meaning in it and you can derive a place from that to get to it when you hold on and you work through it. And potentially, if you use medication as part of that tool to get to it, again, I'm not saying that there's no place for it. I'm just saying that when we run to it and we make it a first, a first go-to, and we don't explore the reasons why these things could be there in our lives in the first place, There's you're missing an opportunity to make your life so much better that you have no idea today how it could possibly be, and you don't get the opportunity. I believe in a kind and benevolent universe that's always trying to right us on our path. When all you hear are gremlins in your ear, it is hard to hear the whisper of what might be calling you to do or an about face, maybe let go of something, to grow stronger as a result of the pain that you're going through. And maybe the whole point of it is to help someone else so they don't suffer for as long as you have. You know, it's, it's about, again, turning lemons into lemonade. But first, you have to be brave and want to make meaning out of what's happening. It's not easy. It's quite hard. But it's also necessary. And if you can shift your thinking, necessary for personal development, necessary for getting into that higher vibration and living on that that higher level of perspective, that elevated place, that place of bright blue was a reference from, from my book, The Land of Blue. When you're in the land of blue, it is very hard to know that there is a bright blue right there that's kind of waiting on you and that there is an opportunity for you to to bridge that and to get to that place. It's really, really hard. But if you can shift your thinking into the long-term benefits of that, versus a short-term fix, well then, you can be guaranteed that your life will get better and that it is worth it. Now, steps to get there to this place, because we always talk about action in this podcast, because I'm all about that, is I would say the first step is to get honest about what you're doing. Be honest with yourself, what you're running from, what you might really need, 
and then validate what's going on under the surface by then making a plan with somebody, you know, talk to somebody. So it could be a therapist, but it might just be a friend who talks straight with you. If therapy isn't your thing, find someone in your life who's honest with you, who doesn't enable you, who empathizes with you, but is going to talk to you straight to, you know, straight to your heart. And then try to imagine walking through your pain as a way through versus going around it or in that chaotic way that happens sometimes, the up and down and up and down and the starts and the stops and the chaos that you cause yourself in your relationships. Like Try to just visualize walking through it, like straight through to get to the other side because you'll actually get there faster that way. And lastly, as a step, I would say that please trust that you have a divine presence that is next to you at all times. We all have that divine presence, that bright blue opportunity that is waiting on us. They are rooting for you, but they're not going to do it for you. They're waiting on you to celebrate with you when you make that choice for yourself. We'll be right back. Northern Pines Landscaping Design. In addition to cutting and maintaining your lawn, Northern Pines Landscaping plants colorful seasonal garden beds, trees and shrubs, installs sod, plants grass, designs walkways, fire pits, patios, and retaining walls. You name it, they can do it for your yard. And if you've seen my Instagram posts and the patio I sit on every single day when the weather is good, you can see the work of Northern Pines Landscaping right on those posts. To contact them, check out their website at www.northernpineslandscaping.com. That's www.northernpineslandscaping.com. Okay, questions and themes that came up this week. The first one is uh, parenting and reprimanding kids and the best way to do that. So I would say, in my opinion, in working with parents and raising my own and learning, uh, you know, just, just the process from being a parent, step one is to validate your kids first. Always validate. I've mentioned this many times on this podcast that you have to go in first and validate what your kids are feeling because guess what? If you're them, you're doing the same thing. The same as if your friends are doing something you don't agree with. If you were them, you'd be doing the same thing. We're all doing the best that we can. If we don't validate each other's experiences, we're starting with nothing. Because if you go in and you critique and you criticize, your kids' backs are going to be against the wall. They're not going to hear you. It's going to be really difficult because they won't feel heard. And then you're in jeopardy of having to repeat the pattern all over again. So validate what they're feeling. So what that looks like is, you know, hey, you know, I know that you want to just leave your clothes all over the house because it's easier. I know that you get angry and you want to break things because things aren't going your way right now. Like, I get it. Life can be really, really hard when things don't go our way or whatever's going on. But here's what I need you to do as a member of the team. Here's what I need you to do for your own personal development. So in the long term, you get this and you conquer this because it's really important. Like go in as the second step and then reprimand or teach the lesson or do what you need to do for your child to get them to see a better way. But the first step is to validate. The second question that came up um, with someone is, is their frustration with falling into the same patterns and feeling like they have to go through these lessons over and over again. So there's been a lot of talk on this lately. I find that it's been a general theme um, in my practice with people, people being frustrated, people that I know personally, um, really just a theme. 
And what I'm getting intuitively, really strongly, is that there is a current need collectively, therefore individually, for each of us to surrender. That when our way isn't working, instead of getting frustrated, which of course is the first you know, line of action, we're going to be frustrated when things don't go our way. But when it happens that it's continually not working the way we want things to, the way our, you know, what we had in our mind was going to go, you know, a certain way, whether it's a job or a relationship or a project or a dream, whatever's happening, I'm really feeling strongly that it's, it's our will and our egos wanting it to be a certain way and that the message that the universe is trying to send each of us, and again, collectively, is that when we can step out of our ego and say, all right, God, all right, universe, Take the wheel here because I'm done with this repeat thing happening over and over again. That's when God can step in and do what is best for all involved, which usually, if you look back on your life to the things that end up working out way better than you could have planned them for yourself, it usually makes you go, oh yeah, well that was a much better plan and I am so much happier that way, but I couldn't see it at first because when we're in it, it's hard to see it. So trusting and surrender is a huge theme right now, huge. I'm seeing it in my own life. I'm seeing it in my clients' lives, in my friends, you know, my family. So trusting and surrender, letting go to your will. Walk around many times a day saying, I surrender. I'm letting go. Use my life for good. Show me the way to go. Show me what to do. And let go to a plan and a perspective that is higher than what you can see for yourself right now because we all have a much more limited vision than the universe has for us so if it's not working i would gently encourage you to step back and say okay like i just i have no idea what to do in this moment so please take over and just show me what to do and i am open to another perspective and when you can tap into that vibe it's such a more peaceful place because the will is force and ego and wanting and striving and and just wanting things to be different and it is so frustrating and that's where our health comes into play our physical emotional mental and spiritual health so letting go and surrendering is best practice always and i would defer to marianne williamson who i heard recently talk about you know of course in miracles of course and that prayer of show me where to go show me what to do show me what to say and to whom say that prayer every single day i know i am and the third question, I don't know if you can hear Jackson snoring in the background, but he's at my feet. So he's, he's right here snoring and just in his element here. And the third question that came up is someone's fear of things not getting better. And again, in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month, I would say that one of the uh, exercises that I like when there's that feeling of, are things going to get better? And if you can steady yourself to do this, I, I hope that you can because it really is a helpful tool, is to automatic write. I am a huge fan of automatic writing. Julia Cameron depicts this beautifully in her latest book, Seeking Wisdom, A Spiritual Path to Creative Connection. It's about sitting and writing to God every single day, asking your questions to the universe, and then writing down the answers. So you're trusting that whatever comes to you is what you are meant to hear. So even if you think it's weird or not real or you're not sure if it's imagi your imagination or whatever, take a few deep breaths, center yourself, and then ask for, I usually say for the highest powers available to me. So whatever that is, you know, the highest guides, 
your, your ancestors, whatever that is for you, but the highest power available to you to write through your hand. So you write, you know, you could do Q colon for question and then A colon for answer or just write it out of just, God, why is this situation happening to me? What do I need to know? What do I need to do? What needs to be done or not done? Is there something I need to say? Is there an action that I need to take? Is there something I need to just, you know, sit with and endure for a little bit more, knowing that this is going to pass? Whatever questions you have on your mind, just write them. I wouldn't even over, I wouldn't overthink it. I wouldn't think too much about it at all. I would just start writing. And when you do this, you are in the process of becoming your own best friend. You are connecting with an incredible power that is available to us all and see where you end up as a result. Then stay consistent in that practice and do it again. Thanks for listening. If you like today's podcast, please hit subscribe and share with your people. And please check out my books and products at www.jillsylvester.com where you can sign up for my weekly blog to receive tips and strategies to deepen your intuition and live your very best life. Thanks for listening.